Hello, we are live on air. Welcome. This is Dog Central live on a Tuesday night. I can barely keep up with my days right now. Uh, I am Graham. That is Dustin, aka Seven O Four Dog on Twitter.com. Uh, we are here to answer your questions. Uh, got a lot of great dog central subscriber questions loaded up tonight. And, uh, we, we also will have an eye on the live YouTube chat. So if you see this and you want to get something in, go to youtube.com slash dog central, and we can, we can get your, uh, questions on air there. Dustin, how are you doing this evening? Doing good, man. It's been a while since I've been on here. So I'm looking forward to spending some time with the subscribers tonight. Yeah, it's great to have you back on air. If you don't uh, know Dustin, he has been, you know, you've been helping Jason with the recruiting stuff for years and years, and um, you stay really plugged into that world. So good to have someone with some recruiting expertise on here this week. Um, And, yeah, you're like lifelong Bulldog as well, correct? Yeah, season ticket holder for about ten plus years. So there you go. Definitely, definitely, probably more of a fan than a, a contributor on the site. Hey, you know uh, those lines can be blurry sometimes. So, yep. um, all right. Well, let's get rolling. Uh, like we said, we've got a lot of questions. Um, we're gonna start out with this one from June recruiting fearmonger. <laughs> What do you, or I'm sorry, who do you think steps up on the DL this year? I feel really good about Michael Williams and Nazir Stackhouse, but after that, we need a couple more guys to step up. Um, this has been like, I think, a large topic of discussion. I've seen a lot of uh, folks kind of wondering about the interior of the defensive line on Dog Central. And I think a lot of that angst has come from. Bear Alexander transfer, but uh, do you have any initial thoughts? Like, are there any guys that, that you feel like are primed for a breakout year? Um, I would say compared to last year, I think he kind of um, took a step at the end, but I think TID probably would be my one guy that I could see the upside there. I know the um, pictures and videos of how he's been transforming his body, getting a little bit leaner, probably some good muscle on his body as well as he went down. I think he's probably one to take a step. Um, I also, from just looking at the depth chart, I probably think one that probably just for him is um, his work ethic and his attitude on the team for being a leader. I think Christian Miller probably could be a guy that probably benefits really well from um, the transfers out that we had. So those probably be the two um, guys I could see taking a big step from last year that was on the roster. Yeah, I like uh, I like the I like both your answers. I, I like that you brought up Miller just because I think uh, he gets kind of overlooked sometimes. Um, I mean, he was a highly recruited player, but he wasn't like a superstar recruit. And every time he got into games last year, he, he played well. Uh, he played really well. I mean, I you know you you look at some of his uh, you know he he only played sparringly but but he he did some good things when we saw him against Samford and I, I think we saw him a couple other times in mop-up duty and and he definitely popped out uh I think Warren Brinson's one of those that like he's been a good pass rushing DL for a long time 
Um, you know, definitely been one of those rotational pieces, but you see him flash. He's got good athleticism. And if he can do some more of those things in the interior, like like more of that kind of two-gapping type stuff and, and really step it up from a run defense standpoint, I think he could have a, a really large year and play a lot of snaps, you know, play 40, 50 snaps a game up front if he's able to to hold his own on run defense. Um, one of the guys that I'm looking at a lot is actually uh, – you know, I'm very curious on on Jamal Jarrett and Jordan Hall, like like those bigger bodies that are because I mean Georgia's got I think a lot of like good three technique defensive tackles that can rush the passer. That's not a problem. the The question is going to be, do they have a guy to play like true nose tackle? And uh, both those guys have the body size to do it. Jordan Hall probably. Uh, came in a little more ready in the spring. We heard a lot of buzz about him in the spring, but I do think that uh, Jarrett, you know, uh, another guy we've seen a lot of body transformation stuff, a lot of talk about that. And even if they could just get like 12 to 16 snaps a game out of him next year, um, occupying some double teams to free up those linebackers, I think it'd be a big deal. I mean, I probably see the projection for him on the way he probably plays during the year is probably going to be something similar to Bear Alexander. Um, but I just think with our recruiting, I think Kirby's doing a good job of recruiting guys that are probably going to stick with it, has really good attitude. And just from the interviews I've seen with him and Jordan, I think they're they're two guys kind of like Christian. That I think they're probably going to put in the work and probably be more patient when it starts at the beginning of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm going to transition us to this question from late start. Um, and just because it's along the same lines, it's it's about the run defense in general. But, you know, shutting down run, Hallmark, obviously, a Georgia defense. I thought, I thought it was interesting. There was an interview that Chaz Chambliss did with the media uh, pool this spring, and he got asked about um, – just playing for Georgia and, and some of those things. And, and he made the comment basically of like, well, you know, the, the number one rule is like, we, nobody runs on us. You know, we don't let anybody run on us. Um, so the question basically is without Jalen Carter, uh, Nolan Smith, Robert Beal, do you expect a significant drop off in, uh, in the run defense? I mean, I don't see anybody really replacing Carter. Um, you know, I think Smith was a, a freak athlete. Um, I think his leadership is probably going to be the one thing you're going to miss more so there. But if you kind of look at um, Darius Smith, um, Marvin Jones Jr., it's just really, really hard to play as a as a freshman for a bunch of reps. Now, I know we're pretty deep on what we play, um, two and three deep on the defense. But I think those two guys could take a good step forward. Um, I'd also say Damon Wilson. I think that he could be one that could really help you early on, just like um, just like Jordan Hall can be. So, I mean, I, I think Kirby, he, it's really in good hands with him on the defense. I think he'll he'll play their strong suits, like you were saying, not having as much nose help. I think that he'll be a little bit more selective on the packages that he uses. Um, but overall, I don't really see a drop off too much in that area. If you want to. If you want me to be honest with it, 
Yeah. Um, I think you're right about Jalen Carter. You're, you're not, you're not replacing a Jalen Carter, but uh, you do have Nazir Stackhouse. And I mean, you know, I, I think he's been kind of underappreciated and underrated. He played 186 run defense snaps last year, which Carter had 119. So he, you know, he played, played three more games than Carter played more snaps than Carter. Um, he had the second highest run D grade on the team, which was highest Jalen with 91.2. Obviously that makes sense. Right. But, um, I think Stackhouse is a really good run defender. Like, you know, that's not the question on him at all, in my opinion. So I, I think they'll be fine with him. Uh, the, the edge is going to be interesting because those bodies that you named, there's a lot of those six, five, six, six, you know, kind of leaner, more prototypical pass rush type guys. And so I'm curious to see how Georgia plays with the Jack linebackers this year, just because uh, Robert Beal was a, you know, good player. And I'm not, I'm not trying to dog him or anything like that, but in truth, he was not an exceptional run defender. He was, he was fine, but he wasn't great. Um, So I I wouldn't be super worried about replacing that production. Uh, Nolan Smith. Yes. You're you're not going to find too many like two forty four four guys that, that are going to two gap like that. Um, I don't know. You know, you look at those kind of edge defender guys and, the one that might have the best chance of being the most Nolan esque is probably Jalen Walker. Um, we, yeah. we saw him, you know, play play a good bit down the last third of the season. So we'll that's see. why I think that I think that Jalen Walker and Darius Smith are probably going to be a little bit more important because they're going to be those type of guys that can flex out and take a tight end in coverage. Um, they're really good athletes. I think kind of like, you know, Darius Smith, I'm not saying he's the exact same athlete, but like your Adam Anderson, a guy that can rush the pasture, but also can take someone in the slot if he needs to. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you there. Um, so moving on, um, I'm going to stay with the defense here. Uh, with Mondin out to start the year, Smile Mondin, inside linebacker, Uh all-American candidate. Uh, with him out to start the year, who, who fills that role and what is his timeline? So I want to clarify. Uh, this is from David J. Uh, I want to clarify this question. Mondin, you know, didn't play in the spring game after having a foot injury uh, the week leading up to G-Day. I don't know what the timeline is going to be for him, honestly. I think it's too early to tell. Foot injuries are really tricky uh, especially in football. And, you know, I, I don't want to speculate. I do think there's a good chance he maybe misses a little bit of time early in the season. Um, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But uh, in the universe where he's not ready to start game one, I do think it's an interesting question of who plays that inside linebacker position because you've got all sorts of candidates that that room is so stacked with guys and um everyone talks about cj allen and Raylan wilson two you know one two top linebackers in the country this past season coming out of high school and i, I think allen's probably a little bit ahead of wilson right now but um 
you know, Xavier Sori looked really good on G Day, and athletically, I think he's, you know, a little bit next level, right? Um, and then there's Lightsley, right? Like we heard a lot of good stuff about him all spring as well. Yeah, I really can't add. That's pretty much the whole depth chart there, so I can't really give you an intriguing name outside of those. But <laughs> you mean? Uh, I know, I know we recruited Jalen Walker as a middle linebacker, so he might be that guy that's probably in your Tyndall role at the beginning of the year in some of the reps. That's a good point for sure, yeah. And, I mean, I you know, I think um, we did see him in spring. You know, he was out, but it, it did come out that he was kind of like meeting-wise, he was sitting in with both the inside and outside linebackers. So, um, it's hard to imagine in a time where they're going to be short on bodies at inside linebacker, but rich problems, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Hey, yeah, maybe, maybe we do see him. I don't there. think the schedule really opens up to what, like the fourth game. I can't remember it, but I mean, we have time with Munden to not really rush him. Right. I mean, him come in before then, unless they want to get him one, one game in before that. Yeah, I think the question is like, do you want him back for the uh, the South Carolina game, right? Which I think is was that third week of the season, second week of the season. Let's see. Um, third week of the season. So yeah, I think you want him back for that. Um, just because two weeks later you got to go on the road to Auburn and you kind of want him to see some some SEC level competition before that happens. Yeah, he's probably if you if you look at it realistically, probably in practice he's probably getting more reps, real reps for what he's going to be facing. So, and you know how Kirby is. I mean, he's not going to play people that aren't playing full speed and have a full week of practice. So, you can see him not having any game reps and playing by week three. Um, so, yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, so this is an interesting one, uh, and it's about the changes to OV rules. Um, do you feel like the limit on official visits that each team can have combined with, with NIL and the portal is changing the landscape of recruiting? I feel like a lot more teams have a lot more commits than normal. The the answer is yes, it is definitely changing the landscape of recruiting. There's no doubt about that. But um, Dustin, I'd love to get your perspective here on. Yeah. So, so the official visits being limited per team has always been a thing. Um, We haven't seen people use as many this early on. Um, So I don't think the actual official visits is kind of what's pushing that. I think what you're seeing more so is the portal more than NIL portal is pushing kids to really be serious about um, where they're wanting to go and lock in their spots because a lot of these coaches are wanting to be able to make decisions um, and make roster management decisions on their spots going into December. So uh, I think that's probably what's pushing this, this era of kids committing in June and June being the new December. So it's, it's definitely a different we, – we've never seen this many people. I remember probably a couple of years back, everybody was just freaking out because Georgia's class was missing on a guy here or there. And in June, we might have been 
not even in the top ten. So it's definitely changed. But I can tell you as someone that covers recruiting, it's a lot less stressful knowing that you're just zeroing in on one or two guys going down the last four months of the season. Yeah, it's. I think it's better for the kids um, just because, like, you're not playing that game of roulette all the way up to, like, the 11th hour, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, we we might want you if we don't land this guy. Like, I think the spots are shaking out sooner. Um, but it is interesting just, like, in July, right? Uh, you know, here we are heading into July, but, like, in the month of June – um, you're still seeing that same process play out where like high profile kid commits to Georgia at a certain position. And then, you know, a guy that is in that same position, all of a sudden starts looking around who is maybe trending to UGA. Like we're seeing some of that go on. So I, I think that the, the OV limit is a good thing just cause it, it does require, some commitment like from the, the program side. Um, yep. And so I think that's healthy. And like, I, I think it's, it's probably good for teams to not lead anybody on and, and to, you know, play things as, as straight down the middle with kids as possible. But at the end of the day, like we are going to, because of that rule, we are going to get to, you know, December and, and November and we're going to see kids uh, you know, we're going to see a coach get fired somewhere. We're going to see Florida go four and eight and a, a bunch of, a bunch of kids are going to all of a sudden start jumping ship and maybe end up signing places. They never took an OV. And that part does kind of suck. Cause I do think that that official visit experience is an important part of the process. Yeah, and you can still take an unofficial. So it's not like kids are not going to still be, Sure. Um, I mean, there's people doing official visits and the unofficials are there taking pictures with the OVs. It's just getting your hotel room and all that. Um, and with with NIL and all that going on, um, these kids are going to be able to take a visit just like they're going to be like the same experience of an OV. Fair enough. That makes sense. Um, so, I mean, what do you think in the in – the, Grand scheme, do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing? Just not the not the uh, well, nil, obviously. But the so, as OB someone one. that's covering Georgia, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's all this is all um, to me. It's more about the portal. I think nil is when we get to where it's more regulated. I think it's really a lot of the teams are going to be on the same playing field. There's going to be some that are going to be bidding out. But for what Kirby's trying to build, to further a point from earlier. We're just trying to buy buy kids that are high character guys that can see the value of of NFL draft stock. For so for us, it's not going to be as bad. But then again, going back to the portal, it's just you're going to allow Kirby if he misses on someone. Like let's say he doesn't hit a top five star recruit. I mean, you can kind of look at our board. We're really only going at mainly high high guys for these last two spots. Um, if Kirby misses on that, he's more than comfortable to go in there and try to dip into a wide receiver with a resume in college that he know can be a plug and play. So I really for for the rest of the NCAA, I think there's five to ten teams that this is really going to benefit and it's going to move that gap even more. So I think it's really for your your mid tier 
power five programs. I think it's really a nightmare for them personally. Fair enough. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, all right. I got another interesting recruiting question for you. Uh, so unless you are someone who followed Georgia recruiting very closely, you probably, uh, Williams Minari was in town last last weekend, uh, late last weekend. He came came in on Sunday after an OV to Missouri, um, and it feels like that recruitment is is starting to trend George's way, right? Like you know, I mean, I'll I'll show my cards. Like we we've, we've been talking about this on on Dog Central. Like it it does feel like uh, George is in a really good place with with him right now. If Georgia is to land. Uh, Nuanari, do you feel like they are done at the edge rusher position? So, from what we we were hearing, two spots on on edge, um, unless it's you know probably like a Dylan Stewart or someone like that. Um, for for us, we see it as the two spots we want would be filled. So, I know Johnson he committed last week, um, and you know a lot of people were trying to say, hey, could you know if we could be in Stewart, could we process him? I mean, we, we worked him out and on the spot pretty much told him that his, his offer is committable. So I do think that the staff is comfortable with having him as a second spot. So unfortunately, I know Ross was someone that we were really going towards, but I think if uh, if he commits to us in the next couple of weeks, I think it's probably going to be it for us on the edge spots. Fair enough. Okay. Interesting. Um, now, the other thing I would say is I think I think one thing that people probably didn't look too much into, but uh, C.J. Jackson going to Georgia Tech, um, when you're trying to predict where they're going to go next week with that decision, I don't think um, – I think that was probably your third option for Georgia and for him to go to Georgia Tech probably can kind of tip the hands of where Georgia thinks the, um, the other edge spots going to go to. Nice. Yeah. Insight. All right. Um, so this is going to be a really tough one for you to answer. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now, Dustin. Sorry. I'm putting you on the spot here. Me and Jason um, talked about this one. So. <laughs> I think I, I, I was curious. I, I was actually pretty eager to hear your answer to this. So uh, this is from Savon, also Brooks. Uh, who do you think will be some surprise recruits who will pop up in Athens during the season that – we're not talking about right now. And then there's a second part to this question that I'll ask you after you, you go down that and You can take the second one. Okay. Um, so on the first one, you know, going back to what me and Grant just spoke about, the class is kind of filling up early. Uh, you can kind of look at our boards and see just kind of like check off stuff that you're probably not going to see a surprise commitment. So I feel like, for some people, we're always itching for that next recruit. It might be a little bit more boring for people for the next four months. But if you go down the line for quarterback, we're obviously going to be done with that. If you go to the offensive line, probably in the next two weeks, you'll probably already be done with that. Um, secondary is solid unless someone was the, the flip out of there. Tight end, we've already got two. Um, and we feel like Cardinelton's going to go to Nebraska. So those are pretty much all the ones on the board. Outside linebacker edge, we just covered that. That's done. Middle linebacker probably be done next two weeks. And then running back, 
the only way I would probably see our board start to like shift somewhere else would be probably if Nate Frazier was to pick somewhere else, which, you know, mm. like last year, obviously there can be surprises out there. So really all that leaves you with is wide receiver. So that might be your spot to where Curry's trying to maybe flip someone on their board down the end. Um, but going back to what I said, I, I feel strongly like if Kirby doesn't hit his guys here, uh, he's probably going to go to the portal. The only other ones that me and Jason probably could look on the list for a wide receiver, if Kirby wants to see, is the, the Isaiah Cannon guy that's committed to Notre Dame. That might be one guy that we're kind of looking to see how he plays the senior year in Notre Dame. You know, we've had Rhett and other people come, and they were kind of on the download when they visited. It's kind of mm -hmm. like that Clemson vibe where they don't want you to visit publicly. So I really, I mean, I hate to say that, but there's probably not going to be too many surprises going down the end. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I think the only way you get a big surprise is if, well, you know, I mean, like, first of all, you look at where Georgia is in this class um, and just the number of like top prospects that they're already in on. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just detailed them position by position, but like just for, to be clear here, I mean, you you go. Uh, let's we'll go to the twenty four seven sports composite. Uh, you're in on the number one. You've got the number one player committed. You're in on the number two player. You got the number four player committed. You're in on number seven. You know what I'm saying? Like you go down the mm -hmm. list. Uh, yeah, it's just it goes on and on. Um, I think the one that like I would throw out there and maybe it doesn't qualify as a surprise, but look, this is Georgia football recruiting and uh, people always want what they can't have. And Georgia hasn't had a lot of five-star wide receiver commitment. So I would say like Cam Coleman, you know, that, that recruitment seems like it's going to November or December. And uh, that feels like a guy that Georgia still is in on. Um, I don't think that they, they lead for him or anything like that, but like, they're still, I think active in that recruitment. And so that would be one, I think maybe that could pop up on campus and like create some buzz this fall. In coaching changes, we're in an optimal world where we don't know who's going to do bad next year. And a lot of people, <laughs> recruits are going to change their decisions um, when teams start doing bad. So there's certain teams that have really good, good momentum now. And if they bust out a six and six season or don't make a bowl game, they'll be looking around when you look at Auburn, coaching change, they just got that staff. It'd be kind of hard for them to lose their their staff. I mean, Ohio State, Heartland, Heartland if he was to yeah. leave there. But that's probably where you're – it'd be so hard for me and you to sit here and predict who's going to be leaving what staff. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I you know, I think you get into early October, some of those things might become a little clearer. Um, but, you know. Provided that Hugh Freeze doesn't have a, uh, a hooker relapse, I don't know that we're gonna see. Uh, yeah, they do. They, they do like buyouts down there. It's true. It's true. They are afraid to throw the money. Um, all right, let's move on. Oh wait, I forgot to answer. Yeah, yeah. what was your question. position group that is not being talked enough for the for the team right now? That will be a strength. Uh, 
I, I think they're it's all tough. pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's like their preseason number one team. There's a lot of hype, but um, I think it would be in the secondary. Uh, I think the safety duo that Georgia is about to have uh, with, with mm-hmm. Bullard back there next to Starks is probably. And they've had some really good ones, but like I, I think it has a chance to be the the best safety tandem under Kirby. And I know that's saying a lot, but those guys are that good. And from what I've been hearing from off season workouts and stuff, I, like I, I think Bullard looks even more natural at safety uh, than he than he was at star, and he was really good at star. So that's my answer for that. Draft wise, you're probably you might be correct too. For and sure, yeah. Been there. Backup, you know, Aguero is the backup. You don't know where he'll be. I mean, be kind of totally, yeah. And I mean, you know, I wouldn't be shocked even uh, to see Tyke Smith if they were to do some three high looks or something like that. Play, which you know they will for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at you, Tennessee. Where do you see us with Justin Scott and Aiden Breland? So, um, with Breland, if you had to pick one or the other right now, I would say Breland, which is kind of crazy. I know people will say, hey, well, Georgia doesn't doesn't run their state when it comes to recruiting. Um, you, you're going to have to look for different places for your needs, but Breland is the number one player in the state of California, so it's kind of crazy the reach that, that Kirby's had since he's been here. Um, with with Scott, um, it's really going to be a decision for him, and I'm not just trying to act like I'm butthurt or anything about a recruitment, but it's really going to be come down to NIL. If he's looking more to NIL, it's going to be Miami. Um, I, we do know that his mom uh, really does like Georgia, so that's going to be a battle of, of son versus his mom probably there. Um, but, you know, I think that is some type of decision he's probably going to have to make in the next month or so because – um, if you look at our timelines, those spots can fill up pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Jason and I, uh, we, we talk a lot, but we haven't spoken specifically about Justin Scott in a while, but, uh, I would just say, you know, from, from sources on my end that it, it doesn't feel like George's as much in that recruitment as it did a few weeks ago. So I, I would definitely agree with your answer yeah. on that one. Um, so this is about, we're going to move back off recruiting for a second onto the field. Do you think that Ra Ra Thomas eventually gets to start over Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint or Dylan Bell this season? I'll let you take that one. Uh, well, you know, the reason that, I think Ra-Ra – I mean, we didn't see Ra-Ra on G-Day because he's in the doghouse for some behavioral stuff. But now Rosemey's also probably in the doghouse for some behavioral stuff. So that kind of evens that deal out. Um, Dylan Bell is really, really good. And, you know, I I think you're going to see a lot of him. But uh, I I think at some point Thomas might overtake that and start – a game, you know, I, I don't think it really matters who starts and who doesn't. It's about, you know, rotations and, and who's getting the most snap counts. But um, I, I think Rara and Dylan Bell or, or Rosemey, like the two of those three guys can be on the field at the same time. You know, Georgia, 
really uh, going back to last year, like they they've played a lot over the last two seasons without a true X receiver on the field. Um, and Roseme is an X receiver. Don't get me wrong, but it's like lad. He's played a ton of outside receiver. He's played more outside receiver than he has in the slot. But like if they had more big bodies that they trusted, you'd probably see him more in the slot. Uh, so I guess point being, I think there's plenty of room for all those guys to get reps, but the, the separator for, for Rara in terms of how quickly he's able to get on the field at, in Athens and how much he's able to stay on the field is going to be, it's going to be about blocking for him. It's because mm-hmm. those other two guys are exceptional blockers and Rosemead, you know, we, we haven't seen him burn anybody down the sideline, but he's good in blocking and he's really, really good at, over the middle, you know, finding, finding holes in, in the zone, knowing where to sit down and make himself uh, visible to his quarterback. And so I think that kind of savvy is going to help him. But uh, of the three, you know, it's tough. Like, you know, it's like Georgia brought in Ra-Ra Thomas and then it was like Dylan Bell kind of like flipped a switch and was like, no, y'all aren't about to recruit over me. Like I'll, I'll show you guys what's what, you know? Yeah, I think the other thing that's probably not good for for Ra stock is Lovett playing, operating mainly through the slot with the snaps that he had in Missouri. And if you're doing, if he's in slot for you and you're pushing light out there, um, it's gonna be less reps for them to go around. I personally think now, I could be wrong, and and Lovett plays in the outside, but if you look at how he's used it in Missouri from the slot. Primarily, I think that's probably going to hurt the outside reps. Um, For sure. Where do you think uh, Arian Smith fits into all that? If if you're seeing them operate from the slot, lad, and uh, love it. I think Arian's still probably. I mean, you know, we might see him in the slot a little more, but he's been a Z receiver his whole mm-hmm. career, and yeah. I don't think that'll change. Um, and you know, I, there's that thing that happens where it's like, oh, this dude's short and speedy. So he's going to be a slot guy, but like Arian is not as twitchy as your, your normal, like high level slot receiver. He's, I mean, he's extremely fast, but like route running wise, you know, you're not seeing him do a ton of like quick stop, start movement. That might be because he's never been healthy in fairness. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, um, so not to get off track, what do you think about Anthony Evans? Do you see, where he's kind of splitting those reps by the end of the year with Arian. And do you think he can get to that, that quick? I think Yazid Haynes has a better shot at that. I do. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, I think Anthony can really move with the football in his hands and he did have a, an ankle issue during spring practice that I don't think is widely reported. So it's hard to say what exactly is. I will say though, that like, uh, I was down on the field before G day during warmups. He's bigger than I thought he was Evans. Uh, he, he's taller than I thought he was. So, you know, I, I do think he could be a really, really good fit at, at that Z position, but um, it'll be interesting to see. Cause with the, the tight end usage, there's been a lot of times over the last couple of years where Georgia doesn't really even play with a true slot receiver for, 
large portions of big games. So, yeah. Um, secondary questions. So, uh, this is from what you got, Lauren. We got another two parter here. Um, do you think one of Nyland Green, Dalen Everett, or Julian Humphrey uh, takes a starting quarterback spot opposite of Lasseter and runs with it for the whole season? If so, who's your guess on that being? So basically, I think the question is, I mean, obviously one of those three guys is going to be the starter, but I think the question is which which of those guys, you know, will or could uh, start and finish the year with that same position. I mean, I would just to keep it short and sweet. I would go with probably Everett and showing that Nealon, if he has a or Nylon, if he has a a good fall camp. I mean, he could definitely push him. I don't think Kirby's going to show favoritism there, but if you kind of look where the reps were last year in the spring, I would go with with Everett. I just think he's more more complete run game and pass game. I would take him with his size and his speed. I would take him over the other two right now. Yeah, it's tough, man. Um, I like all three guys, and there's things about all of their games that that I like. Uh, I'll say this. like I, I could see a scenario where Nylon Green starts the season and somebody else takes that Definitely. job, kind of, kind of like Amir Speed and Ringo in 2021. Um, I – this isn't really the question, but, like, I, I think Julian Humphrey is – going to be a, a really really good player and i kept hearing a lot about him in the spring and you know just it, there continues to be a lot of good buzz on him and athletically i think he's kind of like built differently than a lot of dudes um again i think i think it's the run support piece for him like he's got the body in the frame to do it but will he consistently do it does he get off the blocks that kind of thing and going back to that, it's going to be one of these years. The good thing about not being thrown in, in the fire with a big matchup like Oklahoma in the first game is you're going to have two two weeks. And just like you said with speed, he was shown out there, throw him into the wolves, and we pretty much knew after a game or two he wasn't ready for that. So right. I think it's good that we have those two games to, to where you're really going to be able to play both sets of those two. Um, I think they're going to get equal reps the first two weeks, all three of them. I agree. Um, all right. So second question here is, uh, about Aguero, what you got, Lauren has got some, some big secondary things on his mind. I love it. Um, basically the question is heard good things about Aguero as a safety, um, and that he might be tough to keep off the field. And that is all very true. You heard correctly. Um, Wondering if, if we see it being Tyke Smith's playing time that he could take if he's taking somebody's playing time. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the, the like, barring an injury to Starks or Bullard, knock on wood, that that doesn't happen. We never wish injury on anyone here on Dog Central Live. Um, I, I think that that star position would be – that's kind of the safety training spot. It always has been for Kirby defenses, you know, um, you, you, you know, you, you kind of get in there and show that show that you can play man to man and that you're, 
you're good at, at getting off blocks and defending the run, and then you can be trusted as that last line of defense. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be Tyke Smith's spot that he would take. So, so I guess one question I would ask you on that: Do you think when you get into the season, maybe mid mid season? I know, like this is where Tyke Stevenson came in, kind of made a push whenever he was in the program. Could you see? kind of matchup specific if someone has a big body tight end or big body wide receiver in the slot, could you see that kind of be where Guerrero starts kind of making his push? Because it seems like he on the big body guys or tight ends or stuff like that. Mm. I mean, not to kind of knock Tyke, but I don't think I'm going to be wanting him up on a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, tight end too much. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a good question. Um yeah no I, I mean i i think that's yeah yes like yeah you make excellent points across the board i think that would be the the moment right um i i also would say it could always happen against tennessee because <laughs> josh heupel yeah well no really that partially but but the thing is that josh heupel does the the find the duck game where you know if he finds a matchup that is working he goes to it over and over and over it was Latavius Brinney in 2021 and Tennessee scored 10 points in the first three drives picking on that matchup and uh Kirby took him out of the game and put Chris Smith at star and moved him down from safety and put Dan Jackson in up top at safety and Tennessee basically didn't score again until garbage time. Right. So um, I think that is the question is like, does a, does a game come around where Tyke gets matched up on a guy that is just, just better that day that he can't cover. And then you gotta, you gotta put somebody else in or you're going to get toasted in the same spot over and over. Yeah, I agree. Um. This one's a pretty simple one for you. Uh, do you think we will get any commitments this week? You don't have to say I was, who. I would say yes or I would, no. I would say I would say go look at Grant's post from earlier today. But I would great answer. I would, <laughs> but I would say next week, if you gave me uh, when I was looking at it, if you give me like July second and on, I would give you that week probably be your. I mean, okay. I, I think the I think yeah. you're pretty much going to have this the between July second and the two weeks after that. I think your class pretty much outside of like one or two people will probably be set for sure. Um, but definitely yeah. go look at Graham's I, one of Graham's, Graham's last tweets. Uh, read that post. I, I think that uh, I think that July is going to be like a a banner month for georgia football recruiting um so agreed. which is crazy to say when you're at 21 22 commits averaging like a 93 average of commits and still can have a banner week <laughs> yeah there was someone in the chat who uh asked basically what uh you know sort of what what number we we might end up in uh i I, I answered you in the YouTube comments, but uh, okay. I think thirty. I think I think it was thirty plus is, is my my answer uh, right now. Um, this is kind of a uh, off season. I'm actually going to do a post on this this week 
uh, if you're a Dog Central subscriber, you'll see it. Or if you're not, what a wonderful opportunity for you to become one so you can read about who's killing it in off-season workouts at dogcentral.com. Um, but, yeah, question about the dogs. Any uh, Basically, who, who's looking good in off-season summer workouts, strength and conditioning stuff? Um, I'll throw a few names out that have been impressive. Uh, one of those is Lawson Lucky. Um, they doing really impressive stuff in seven on seven. Uh, I keep hearing a lot of good stuff about Dylan Fairchild, uh, like pound for pound might be the strongest dude on the team right now. And, um, I'll just say that that comment I made earlier about Javon Bullard and Malachi Starks, maybe being the best safety duo, in Georgia history, uh, some of that was like informed from uh, <laughs> from conversations I've had over the last couple of weeks. So those guys have been well, looking. If you're going to have two leaders, having having them at safety is probably a really good spot to have it out leading your defense. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's a that's a very good point. That back end is important you know when you had uh when you had seen back there in 2021 i think i think his like maturity yeah. and leadership made a big difference account you could tell the teams were were moving different but yeah absolutely um all right so this one is interesting uh we kind of talked about the defensive front earlier but uh gillis would like to know if there is a group of players along the defensive line that you'd like to see like lined up together since, since Georgia plays mm. so many <laughs> rotates so many guys. Um, I will say that I, I think they're very intentional about who they, who they do yeah. put on the field together. Um, I'll tell you too. I want to see playing on the same field and it might yeah. not be early in the year, but, Jordan Hall and Mike Hill kind of peaking at the same time. Yeah. Those would probably be your two high draft picks playing on the same line. So those would probably be probably be those two. And I wish I wish Damon Wilson was a little bit older. Those would probably be the three I'd want to see on the same line at the same time. But I don't know if Damon's going to get to that point this year. But maybe next year with those three, that's probably going to be nasty. I like that answer. Yeah. Um, I think mine, my like, and this is just entertainment purposes, honestly, of like dudes I would, I think would, you know, absolutely mash. But um, Michael, obviously, at that four idea and spot. And then uh, I would go, I would go Jarrett Stackhouse in the middle. And then, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. off that edge. Yeah. Like I think that'd be a fun combo of size that occupies double teams and athletic pass rushing ability. Yeah, if he can lock unlock his potential, um I don't know. I kind of see a little bit he doesn't talk as much as Nolan, but you look at the traits that he has, that'd be one guy that probably could get there. Um it's just like I said, Nolan is just one of those guys. Just leadership wise, he was just like a coach on the field when you had him out there. 
For sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. So this is going to bump it back over to the recruiting side. Uh, do you think that Georgia will take a quarterback in the 2025 class? Or are we going to sign someone that says Montgomery in parentheses or pass until 2026? I, I personally, I'm in the boat that will pass in 25 and go to 26 because we obviously know there's someone that is really, really highly touted. It's going to be in the 26 class. I think it splits up time, and I think it's also um, probably good. It shows that you're kind of being loyal to Ryan Puglisi that's being kind of loyal to you. So mm-hmm. I, I personally think they'll pass. Um, but, I mean – you never know what the portal, what's going to happen with there. Um, I know I talked to Jason that what would be the scenario be like if Beck was to somehow not get drafted, um, how that probably would push people out of the program portal-wise if um, there wasn't really a spot to compete for for them. So I think that's the only way that you probably see something happen in 25. But if you're seeing um, – Puglisi, Stockton, um, Rayola, and um, Vandergriff. To me, it'd be kind of hard to get another. You guy. think Vandergriff will still be in the program by the time? I'm just thinking out. I'm just thinking out loud. If you got um, no, Beck, I know. I'm just if I'm Beck, just if Beck graduates, I think that Vandergriff, if he stuck it out this long, I think. Vandergriff probably has it in his mind that he thinks that he can beat out Stockton, but mm-hmm. it just all depends on how he does if he keeps that number two spot this year. I don't know for sure if he can do that. And I think that they're probably going to be really competitive. And I think the other thing to kind of look there to kind of go on your side of that is I would think about how close Bobo's family is to Stockton. And it'd be really hard for me to think that if it was a flip of a coin, they were really 50 50, how Bobo's not going to go with Stockton personally. But that, I know there's, you know, Beck might not even be going to the draft next year, and that's a new point. Um, but I'm really, really, to answer that question, I'm really surprised he's still here to this point. But, um, I mean, what's your yes. thoughts on that? Uh, well, this is interesting. Uh, Dushan Taylor in the YouTube comments, uh, you made the point that Juju might reclassify. There's been there some go. buzz about that. I'm gonna just I'm gonna give it to you guys now. Let's we'll get this out of the way. I don't think that dude's coming to Georgia. I don't. And everyone's like, "Oh, there's a picture of him and Kirby Smart together in eighth grade." There is, yeah, or sixth grade, or however old he was a long time ago. Um, I just, just from talking to people and the buzz around things, like I, I don't think that that he ends up at Georgia could be wrong. I often am. We're talking about a recruitment that's three years away from wrapping up, but um, that is like the, the vibe of people that I trust right now. I will say the only thing they come back on the reclassify part is I have heard um, that he might be committing super early compared to when people naturally do for the 2026 um, cycle. Interesting. Um, and he has been taking a lot of visits this this summer. I think he visit he might have visited Georgia twice this summer. He was just out um, of USC, I think, last week or two. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, that's so far away, and 
you see all these people like the 25s and 26s that were still after. Um, so it's really hard to predict, but I can see that one going either way. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, take another one from the chat. Corey Williams, what's up with the Jalen Hayward flip rumors? What is up with that? I think as of right now, I would I would see him staying in the class if if I was going to pick any of the three, um, I would yep. say Woodyard. But I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying that I even think that's a thirty percent possibility. I would probably say that like a ten percent. I can't. The reason I would give it ten twenty ish percent is just because he's taking so many visits. But um, I'm not really a hater on that because if I was that age, I'd be taking visits too. Hell um, yeah. Hell yeah, dude! I still, I still, I know it's, I know it's a tangent, but I still can't believe that Clemson gets away from these kids in portal and NIL era, where if you commit to them, you can't visit anywhere else. I just don't know how that still is a thing, but um, but yeah, Kirby's never had an issue with with all that. But I do think the the whole thing with the guys from Georgia going to the to the Bama visits. If you go back to committed guys like Nolan Smith and Trayvon Walker and all these guys that would go visit, um, if they're going to be visiting to a, a, a partnering school like a like a Bama or a Clemson or something like that, you'd rather them go together. So I'm not as concerned as some other people might be to see those those uh, pictures floating around. For sure, yeah. Um which I, tr- I, I truly think uh, Nolan Smith and Trayvon Walker were trolling Bama the whole time. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But, um, or, you know, there's kind of revisionist history that happens there after a kid's, like, die hard at a school for a career. But um, I think Kirby likes to send some guys over there from time to time that he feels like are locked into you wouldn't think after last year Kirby would want to be trolling them. What you mean with with uh with justice? Yeah. I mean I might be I all think, the more I reason think too. with with Reddick and that whole situation this year. I mean how do you think that turns out? I I would if I had to predict it, I don't think I would think he stays in state, but I don't think it's like such a done deal as people think. I think it's really going to be a push and pull. Um, but this is the difference between the Kirby Smart era and the Mark Rick era. And, you know, Mark Rick's a great guy, but we, we would not be having backup options. We wouldn't have Cole and Jones as backup options at middle linebacker that happened. So I'm more than comfortable to have those. And I personally think that Justin Williams – is better than Reddick. So if I'm looking for a guy that's going to go in a room with all those alphas, me personally in the portal era, I don't want someone going in there with Raylan Wilson, um, CJ Allen, Troy, Troy in there in that room. And you not, you're like looking over your shoulder. I mean, you're going to have to be an alpha, even touch that field in the next yeah. two years. So I'm more than happy taking Justin Williams and one of the other guys that really want to be here. than a guy that's kind of like 50, 50 right now, because I can't sit here and tell you that Reddick's going to be touching the field in the first two years with the with the class he had before him. I mean, I think that's a really good point. Like, if you're worried about who else is coming in the room with you, 
then you might not be built for it at a place and like that's Georgia. a terrible class to have in front of you. I mean, those are those are two guys. I mean, three. Troy, I really like yeah. him. I really like him, but the two other guys I really think can be first round picks. And Troy definitely could get there too. But like CJ Allen and Wilson are like absolute dudes. Those guys are going to both be multi year starters, probably. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, like I said, it's going to, it's going to set up to where we got kind of like that three inside linebacker package like we had on the first national championship run. So, yeah. Absolutely. No, for sure. Um, so we got one here. Uh, what are y'all hearing on KJ Bolden? Um, I look, I know that he's taken a lot of, you know, taking some visits recently. Uh, I had people in my DMs on Sunday night being like, is KJ Bolden going to Alabama? Two weeks ago, they were in my DMs asking <laughs> That's if he's always going gonna happen, brother. to Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, and I mean, you know, I like it's like we just were talking about, like that's the nature of the beast. You follow the visits and you see a kid posting pictures in that rival team's jersey and uh, it gets everybody worked up. That's kind of what it's designed to do, right? Um, I, I think that I just I still feel really good about Georgia and KJ Bolden, and the people are telling me that I should feel good about KJ Bolden coming to Georgia. Um, I, I I just think that he is locked in, like maybe not locked in a hundred percent. You know, I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibility, but just. Every time I ask about what's going on with KJ Bolden and whether or not Georgia should be worried in that recruitment, I get told no. And I thought it was pretty telling. You know, he he went down to Florida State not that long ago, and uh, after he left there, you know, there was some some FSU people that I I trust and talk to that were like, yeah, that that dude's He's going to Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. So. So um, this would be my thing. So, out of all the schools in Georgia, he could have transferred to Dylan. He'd transferred to Beaufort. So, yeah. and then you put one plus one together with the videos with him kicking it with with um, Dylan throughout pretty much the whole official visit, the first part of June. I mean, you have to think it'd be kind of crazy. You, you had this number one quarterback in the nation transfer all the way from Arizona, and he went to your high school. And then you're going to be like, no, nah, I'm going to go to Alabama. If you kind of think about that. Um, we're Ohio State. We're, we're Royal of Flip. And, and that's the crazy thing. You probably look at who's probably second. It's probably Ohio State. So that's why I'm trying to say people with the yeah. the Twitter stuff. is Look off, follow the trends on that stuff. For sure. Um, <laughs> Craig. I, I, love, a, I love okay. your comments, Craig. Craig's got a uh, a deep state Kirby Smart theory here that that he's still trolling with Justin Justice Haynes. Haynes is going to opt out midseason and portal back to Athens. Um. So uh, this is the last subscriber question we got, man. Um, if if you guys are in the chat, we'll take a couple more live ones if you have them after this. Uh, so this is kind of a fun one. Uh, what with the the SEC expansion, you know, and uh, 
and the the schedule will be coming where we'll we'll actually go see these SEC West neighbors more often. Uh, which venues are you most interested in visiting? Um, and this this was from, I think this was from Raleigh Dog. Uh, sorry, I can only get two hundred characters in here, so I couldn't get your whole uh-huh. thing. But uh, basically, thanks for, just, thanks for typing all this stuff out. I just copy and paste it. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I don't honestly don't think I'd want to spend time in Texas with their fans. They seem kind of out there. I, mm. I probably would rather. I'd probably rather go to Oklahoma and be person. I mean, it just whatever the um the punter. I don't know if you watched his YouTube um, videos, but the punter from Oklahoma that was there for like the last four to five years, he shows his whole experience. It seems like that's a pretty nice stadium, and it doesn't seem like their fans other than um. The Twitter guy, I'm not going to mention his name on here, but outside of him, they seem like clicks. I mean, they just they just seem like they they're not too bad of fans. So that'd probably be where I'd want to go. I personally don't want to go to Texas A&M. I know it's a good experience and all, but I just mm. don't want to spend three hours with with those fans all day just acting like that. Yeah, no, but I hear that's you, just man. me personally. That's just me personally. I think. Uh, I- like from a stadium environment standpoint, I would rather go to uh, I, I'd rather go to the the OU game. Like, yeah. you know, there's there's I think they're more of a real football uh, fan base. Texas, I, I'd I'd much rather spend a weekend in Austin though. Like, you know, I, I my first job out of college was in Dallas which I hated. I did not like living in Dallas. Sorry if you live there. It just wasn't my scene. But um, but I would drive down to Austin sometimes and hang out there, and Austin's a really cool, cool spot. So um, I, I think that, you know, that's that's somewhere that is fun to, to go for a weekend. Uh, Texas football does have, like, some history. You know, it's got the history and the big name brand to it. But um, – I I think you know since the uh, subscriber was was bringing up the like Baton Rouge is, is hard to beat, man. I, I think yeah, the, I agree. I think I mean you LSU how they are. Yeah, and the food and like as long as basically like my experience walking around there, if you're in an opponent's uh, gear, is like you'll walk by and someone will make a joke or talk a little talk a little smack to you and if you don't react poorly yeah they will immediately like bring you in and they will feed you and they will they will fill you with beverages and uh they'll send you on the way fat and happy so um big big fan of lsu uh and just the environment down there yeah i loved how they were trolling the florida fans the whole time but like you said the florida fans don't do a good job of like taking it in they probably get but hurt every time they do it. <laughs> What's the, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're little, just like the little uh, gator chomp, but they were saying, I can't even remember what they were saying to them. They, they did it in the baseball game too. Nice. Um, what would be, your, right. what would be your, what would be your stadium outside of SEC? Uh, I really want to go. Oh man. Look, yeah, I, was, I don't want to go to the big house. I think I think the big house is overrated. I'd like to see, I'd like to see a game at uh, Austin. 
in Oregon. I think that'd be a fun place to go see a game. See, I would want to go to Southern Cal because I think we would take over the place. I feel like we would take over. Oh, you mean for a Georgia road for a Georgia yeah. road game? Okay, yeah, that's different. I want to go to the big house then, or Ohio State, and like, you know, I want to see that that whole kind of class. Honestly, if it was outside of SEC, I think the big house would be the one stadium that would not like let go of their tickets. I think that they would like legit. Not let us really? get ten percent in there. I think, I think their Ohio, fans. I think Ohio State would be harder to take over than Michigan. for real. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think with the Just, new scheduling, that it's probably not going to happen ever. Well, no, no, no. We have Ohio State. I think we do have a home, home and away for Ohio State. So you're going to get that opportunity. Yeah, that's that's in twenty thirty something or whatever. But, um, all right, we got. A couple questions left. Um, uh, Dushan, we already talked about Williams and Mary. Go back to the start of the video. Um, you have a question about Nate Frazier. Uh, I, I still like where Georgia stands with, with the running back out of, out of Matter Day. How about you? Justin? Same here. I mean, anything could happen. I know you visited Bama with, with how they are with running backs and stuff like that, but I think that's the only one that would kind of shake up our board where we'd have to figure out who they would go to. And they're probably okay with going with two and hit one in the portal if they need to. For sure. Um, and then Aiden Cruz wants to know about Carter Nelson and Amari Jefferson. Um, Carter Nelson, Nelson is Nebraska. And it's about as lock as you can get. What about Jefferson? Any thoughts there? I would say, um, I would say Bama. Personally, that's my opinion on that one. Yeah. Um, I know Jason – saw something funny like Nitro, Tuggle, or someone. I mean, it would have to be something crazy where we had someone leave our list that we would uh, go into that. But I would think we're second or third in there, but I don't think we're necessarily pressing on him. Gotcha. What were you All about right. to say? Sorry I jumped in on you. What were you going to say? No, no you're good. Um if I'm not mistaken, I, yeah, I, I think there's a potential for baseball, you know, with, with Jefferson. Like, I, I think that's a factor mm-hmm. that that's maybe not helping Georgia right now. Just new staff uh, coming off of a bad season. Um, Georgia's baseball program doesn't quite have the panache like Alabama does right now. You know, they just had a good, decent run to the Super Regional what? and all that. If you're going to take – this is me thinking out loud. I hate saying anything proactive or pro for Tennessee, but if you're going to think about Tennessee for football and baseball, oh, I would yeah. think that that would be – if you're going to be on the East Coast, I think that would be like the best blend of the two. But maybe he's just kind of soured on them on baseball. Well, it depends. Like Tennessee's baseball program is so divisive. You know, yeah. like they, I mean, at least the, the 2021 team was more, or the 22 team was more so than this last 2023 team was. But yeah, I, I think you have a point. Um, it's also like at Tennessee, I get why receivers want to go to Tennessee because the numbers are sexy and they're gaudy and they're big. I also get why they don't want to go to Tennessee because, uh, you're going to run three routes and 
you know, it, it might not be the best thing for your development for, for the NFL level running 40 go routes a game. Um, and you know, like how much, how much does your tape really say if you are busting for a 70 yard touchdown, but you're running past a defensive back who's still looking at the sideline getting a call? And you saw that in the draft, they didn't get drafted super high for what right. the production was. Yeah. And Jalen Hyatt's a freak physically, like it's not, you know, I mean, like uh, he's a really athletic dude, but, um, they don't develop as many of those like crossing routes and um, some of those, some of those routes that are like really key to pro football. They're not running there. So, Um, all right, last one, Aiden, do we get another receiver in this class in y'all's opinion? Uh, I I don't, at this point, I think it just depends on who it is, man. Like, I think there's, there's three receivers that Georgia, I think would, take right now uh, uh, if they wanted to commit. And those are uh, Jeremiah Smith, who I think they're moving out on, uh, Mike Matthews, and Cam Coleman. And uh, I think, you know, we'll see what happens. I I don't think it's necessarily as over for Mike Matthews as some people think it might be, but I don't think Georgia's leading in that recruitment right now. So, only thing that I, I would tell you, just kind of looking at um, the wide receiver board, um, you're talking about juniors. You got um, Lab McConkey probably gone. You got Dominic Lovett probably gone. Rosemary's probably gone. You got Arian Smith. He might think that he's gone. So, you got four or five, and you're going to have three guys on your list right now. Um and that's saying we're not even portaling anybody. So if those guys are leaving your room, just realistically, and you're bringing in these guys, if you're not going to be a bona fide star, you're going to want to get someone out of that portal. I mean, there's no offense to these guys that are in the high school, but we're going to need actual impact guys next year to help complement what we have. So I think it's just telling to tell you that Kirby's saving that spot where it's either going to be a bona fide stud or I'm going to get one or two guys like I did just this last year to, to fill the, the stat sheet because we're definitely going to need um, – I just think we're going to have a lot of production leaving next year. I think that's well said. All right, uh, before we wrap up, quick announcement for you guys. Um, Dog Central has uh, got an exciting new partnership that we are starting with uh, our friends at Home Field Apparel. Rocking some right now. Um this is not just like they have a new uh, drop of Georgia designs that are, that are coming out on the, uh, on Saturday and I've seen them. They're awesome, but this is not just about, uh, you know, like a quick kind of mercenary thing. Uh, we, you know, we, we've decided to partner with home field for, for the next year. Uh, our, our subscribers at dog central, you guys will get 20% off your orders uh, with home field. Um so, you know, lots of exciting stuff. They're going to, they're going to host some, uh, some events for us this fall in Athens, uh, subscribers to the website. You guys will be getting, uh, entered automatically into giveaways for, for free stuff every single week. Um, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff that we'll be doing a lot of collaboration. 
And uh, it's just, I think, another – we're not adding anything to the price of Dog Central. It, it is still the same price that it's always been. But uh, I do think it brings just more value for, for anybody that is a subscriber that wants to be a subscriber or is interested in finding a, a pay site to get UGA Intel for, for this fall. Uh, just because you, you know, if, if you're going to order, uh, a hundred bucks worth of home field stuff, we're going to save you $20. That's, uh, that's, that's three months of dog central right there. So you're coming out pretty even. Um, so hope you guys will, uh, check that out and stay tuned. Cause we'll, you'll see a bunch of, a uh, bunch of those designs and, um, stuff dropping this week, but, uh, wanted to, Mention it here tonight just because I think it's it's exciting stuff and uh, we're, we're definitely pumped for it. So um, I changed the logo up in the top right corner to Home Field Times Dog Central because that is the graphic that is going out on Twitter tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning. So um, thank you guys for watching. Dustin, thank you so much for being here, man. It's fun being back on the air with you. Always good chatting with you. Hopefully we can do it some more often before the season starts. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we definitely will. Um, and yeah, just appreciate all of you that are uh, active in the comments. Uh, it makes it a lot more fun when we know people are listening to what we're, we're doing and, and you guys definitely help move the show along and uh, yeah. Hope you guys have a good rest of your evening uh, might try and do something later in the week, might not. So if we don't see you before, hope you, hope you have a good week, but maybe we will until then.